retired when I was old. Fifty something. No, you were already probably close to sixty. Yeah. Probably eighty-six, eighty-seven. Because of age. Well, not just that. Hmm. Right, you and Dad retired together at the same time. Right. That's true. Yuki was born in Japan and moved to America after World War II. I do miss nursing even now. It takes a little while to adjust. That was a big adjustment, so you are going through that uh, transformation. This is Arun Pancholi. He's from Gujarat, India, and worked in marketing until he retired with his wife. I kind of felt that, oh, I, what am I going to do here? What do I do? And the worst part of all it was that it was a transition period from active life versus retirement life. Immigrants move to America looking for opportunities, but they don't always plan to retire here. The plan was always to eventually return to their home country. Oh, absolutely. When you are born, when your blood, your character, your roots are there, absolutely. You can take Indian out of India, but you cannot take India out of Indian. You cannot cut it off. Even myself, I have come here for 30-some years. From time to time when I'm tired, I still want to listen to Chinese news. I still want to go out and talk to my friends in Chinese instead of speaking English. That's my route. I still miss that dirty old corner in my old hometown. And I really miss the food that much. The culture we grew up in never leaves us. Just like, you know, we moved here. That time we were thinking that, okay, after retired, we can go back, you know, and retire over there. The original thinking was that after retirement, work is no longer keeping them in America. But the practical realities are different. I am accustomed to American way of life. I like football, apple pie, beer, and all the good things. I'm, I'm Buckeye football. They're not the same person they were when they first left. So it's very hard to adjust, for you to adjust to them and for them to adjust to you also. Sometimes the reasons they can't return are financial. When my mom retired, they were looking forward to maybe traveling and yeah. doing things, but he had this stroke that changed everything. The stroke left him with aphasia, which meant Tay's husband could no longer speak to his family or the wife he had planned his ideal retirement with. Because he was like a different person. So we're like, <laughs> dad one and dad two, and dad two is post-1989. Yeah. So in a way, he died 20 years before he actually did. The stroke left him without impulse control. He would respond to email scams, giving out his bank account to Nigerian princes on the internet, and spending huge sums of money on extravagant purposes. I think when you mention about how he, spending very foolishly, and he would come home with, you know, like a giant SUV, that kind of stuff. He spent nearly all of his family savings, including the money they put aside for his and Tay's retirement. There was no way to control it. They almost lost the house, things like that. Well, I have Alzheimer's now, you know, so I don't remember a whole lot. For Yuki, the problem isn't that she couldn't go back to Japan. What's part of getting old? Is that her family can't go with her. For her, every day is Groundhog Day because she has no sense of time anymore. She's just reliving it over and over again. For my mom, time has kind of stopped. Yuki's family wants her to live close to them because they're worried about her safety as her memory declines. If I come and see her tomorrow, have a conversation, it's the same conversation I had a week ago, right? I'll take her to dinner, even once I get into the car, I say, how was dinner? What do we eat? But, but that's what it is. It's just a reality that as you age, that can happen. Also, Yuki's son wants to be with her in her last years. Right now she remembers me. I also know at some point she won't. 
when my dad passed away, she stayed in that house for a, a couple years because he he died in 2010. Four years ago, August. Six years. For a while after, she lived alone in the house she shared with her husband. But that soon became really difficult. When Tay's husband died six years ago, Tay was already 86. At that point, it was becoming clear that Tay could no longer live independently. I was noticing little things. Food was sitting in the fridge for a long time, and I go like, when did you buy that? If things were going wrong here, where Tay lived 15 minutes away from her daughter, the idea of Tay living alone in Japan was out of the question. What really kind of did it was I realized the medication was getting all goofed up. So that kind of scared me. So just like with Yuki's story, Tay's daughter wanted to keep her mother close so that she can easily drop by and check in on her. She was starting to say, you know, it's kind of lonely. In her apartment. Living in an empty house got very lonely for Tay, even if her family lived nearby. She went to church on th- yeah. uh, Thursday, but I know you said, some days I don't talk to anybody, you know. And I mean, I, I can't come every day. Tay's daughter is a teacher at the local high school and has children at home. These responsibilities mean that she can't visit her mother every day, even if she'd like to. I had lived alone after my husband passed, and my children didn't want me to live alone. And so, Anne moved in with her daughter. I lived for 10 years with my daughter in Portland, Oregon. But as Anne got older and needed more care, the living arrangement became harder and harder to maintain. Well, I don't walk. I need the walker. Anne moved to a retirement home five months ago after living with her daughter for two years. I need help here, especially in bathing. I didn't want to be a burden to my children. So that was one of the main reasons I moved. Moving to a retirement home can be a very difficult transition. As much as I'm resigned to live here, This is not home. I miss my family. I think most of the Chinese will will do their best trying to keep the parents at home and serve them and help them because they don't want to be looked down as not doing their job. To the children of Asian immigrants, sending their parents to a nursing home can be an act of betrayal, something to be ashamed of. And lots of the elderly will think that if they are being put into nursing homes, they will feel the, the kids are abandoning them. They had a wing for Alzheimer patients. And so what happened there is they basically put her there and leave her there. Yuki used to live in a nursing home for Alzheimer's patients. It's not like a home environment. You just don't feel the warmth because you see people um, in wheelchair just sitting there and nobody's talking to them. We had looked at other senior residents and they were dark and dreary. And Lots of people say, I want to die at home because that's the most comfortable place. Language is another problem in American nursing homes. Their community is um, almost all American. We can't talk to each other. If you go, then you can say hi, hello, but not more than that. 
Language is another problem in American nursing homes. When the staff can't speak the language, unexpected things can go wrong. For example, assigning a Chinese elder to live in room four seems harmless to the staff, but it can really upset the elder. In the Chinese language, the term four sounds like the term for death. And so it's considered ill omen. This is a small mistake, but little cultural inconsistencies like this can really add up to be a lot. She's fluent in English for her age, but as she gets older, I'll say it in English, but then sometimes I have to say it in Japanese to make sure. You know, just to clarify. Language becomes more of a problem with age. When bilingual people get older, the first language that they forget is English. Some nursing homes, for example, have little cards that have some phrases in the patient's language. Just good morning, how are you? So some basic questions. But the conversations can't go any deeper than that. There's really no communication. Being unable to communicate with people around you can become very lonely. And if the cultural practices of the retirement home don't align with your own, the environment can feel very foreign. Even the water isn't quite right. In nursing homes, they'll put cold water with ice in it on by the bed. It seems harmless, but... Uh, you know, the response is, what are you trying to do, kill me? We went to see that American place. I didn't like their... I didn't like their food. They are cooking vegetarian, non-vegetarian. You know, a lot more steak, a lot more fried foods, a lot more potatoes. Well, it's different. It's not typical of Chinese cooking. The food is foreign and tastes nothing like the food they made at home. Some people can adjust, but uh, not me. I like Indian vegetables. Parval, tindola, then uh, there's a, a drumstick. Mm-hmm. Drumsticks and all that. Drumsticks are like an Indian horseradish. Cook in a yogurt and gravy and spice. So it's just like homemade food. I'm sitting in the dining hall of the retirement home where Usha and Kusum live. And unlike the stories you heard from earlier, they love the food here. I don't think I can make any better than these people can make. No, they, are, they are good cook. The chefs at this retirement home serve exclusively Indian food, just like they used to make at home. Home also, we always cook Indian yes. food. We love Indian food. No, we grew up in, on Indian food. Usha and Kusum live in Shantinaketan, a retirement community of Florida that is catered specifically to Indian Americans. That's the reason why they serve traditional Indian dishes there. The food here simply makes them feel at home in a way that American retirement homes couldn't. At the first time, I really liked it. We were just thinking whether we should move here or go to India. Then we decided, no, we like this place. All the seniors we talked to today live in a retirement home like this. They're retirement homes in America that are built for a certain ethnic group. And these places are the ideal compromise for seniors who couldn't move back to their home country, but also didn't feel completely at home in American nursing homes. Like I said, that was my husband's dream. So he's all gaga goo over there now. <laughs> it's the perfect compromise. That's the whole key. We create India away from India. And bring a taste of home to the United States. We have same basic fiber of our culture, our language. All of them have that commonality. It makes it easier for people to feel at home. And we become extended family. Everything about these places is designed to feel like home for these immigrants. Everything from the architecture, 
Okay, in back home, we call it a pole. It looks like a village in India, with low houses, clusters of homes. These retirement homes are built to look, feel, and taste like home. The way we do it, when we first started, we thought of everything as Chinese. Then you can have rice, use the tasio sauce, and then there's ground pork, and then... Uh, we also have water here. This is not ice water. This is room temperature. But the most important factor is... Being a Chinese person and living among Chinese people. Everyone in these homes come from the same country. I enjoy being with Chinese people. Anne lives in a retirement home full of other Chinese seniors and is run completely by Chinese staff. The language is common. The food habits are common. Arun lives in a similar home in Florida. Everyone there is from India. You are among your own people. And the atmosphere created just feels so natural. On top of all that is that, that uh, there is that commonality of the language. So it becomes easier to interact with people. When you talk to seniors that live there, you can tell that they're really comfortable around each other. Everything there just seems to click. Oh yes, I like these people. They're friendly, loving they understand each other in a deep and implicit way. Oh, absolutely. That's a human nature. That's a human psychology. Your basic fundamental values, your DNA values, they cannot change. The residents have so much in common, which creates a very tight-knit community. Believing in a big a happy life, family, community, you know, everybody's like a family. Just not a, they are so-and-so. No, they are family. Oh, they're lovely people. Well, I have three favorite ladies that I play with. Two Chinese ladies and three Japanese ladies. Grace, she lives on the second floor, and uh, Lily has been here for seven years. They play memory games together. We use the mahjong. Mahjong is like Chinese poker, except you play it with tiles instead of cards. And it's fun. It's challenging because you say, oh, it must be that one, but it's not. It's the one that next to it. And we try to take care of each other, too. Yes. Because some people are alone, like wife died or husband died. So they need a little hand or little shoulder or whatever you want to say. Yeah. And we try to help each other. We share our feeling, you know, like when you age, you have a body ache and this pain and that pain. Then they talk about it. Instead of being scared of growing old, they can start laughing about it. Last week you had a doctor's appointment. What happened? Oh, doctor put a stand. So yeah, I'm going to have a stand next week. <laughs> Everyone in the community is going through the aging process together. And that helps growing old feel less frightening for them. So we grow old together. Yeah, exactly. You have a lot of people in the same boat. So you, you don't feel so scary. Something else that you immediately notice about these retirement homes is how lively they are. There's always some kind of music playing. And most of the time, it's performed by the seniors. Well, the first time I sang, it was In the Garden. In the Garden is an old hymn that Anne used to sing in church with her parents. That's one of my favorite when I was growing up. No, I come to the garden alone. All the dew is still on the roses. I forget. And then it's uh, the refrain. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and tells me I am his own. 
Whenever there's a special occasion, the entire community comes together and celebrates. Every Friday we have a happy hour. We get to get together outside in the courtyard. Yeah, music playing too. Yeah, music yep. playing. We bring like small, small stuff snacks. from home. Snacks. There's also luau's, Chinese New Year potlucks, and holiday parties. Yeah, we celebrated Independence Day just recently. We dress up in the Indian flag color, you know, in the saris and all that. And then that day we gave a performance. We sang patriotic songs and uh, we had good time. They haven't had this big of an Independence Day party since they were kids in India. The suburban neighborhoods they lived in just didn't allow them to celebrate like they were used to. At home, we can't do that much. We can't take out the procession with flag. But here, they don't have those limitations. We can sing in a group here, raise our voice, Jai Hindu, Jai Bharat Mata Ki, this and that. So all these things, uh, I like it. We can talk whatever we want to talk. We can laugh whenever we want to laugh. We can dance whenever we want to dance. We have many happy memories. For these seniors, growing old in this kind of retirement home is like coming full circle. They get to spend their last years with the same kind of people, living in the same kind of home that they grew up in all those years ago. It's just being with people that that's part of living. It's peace and happiness, that's all. <laughs> I feel yes. that all the time.